to the welcome everyone to the first edition of the 3ND podcast. Woo! I'm your host, Mark King. And this is Joseph Walter. We've got a lot of stuff for you tonight. We have to been a very, very long day for us. We've been shooting video all day. And now we're here to talk about lots of NBA stuff, lots of Grizzly stuff. Since it's our obviously our first podcast, we have not talked about lots of the things that have already been talked about out there. So bear with us as we go through our kind of thoughts of what uh, of what we think about different stuff that's happened during the summer. Uh, some things are obvious. Some things are less obvious. Obviously, this podcast, 3 and D podcast, will be myself, Mark King, my partner, Joseph Walters. We will be doing this uh, throughout the season. We're going to be doing this hopefully a couple times per week, uh, maybe Tuesdays and Thursdays. Haven't really worked out the dates yet, so uh, just hang with us. Um, so the podcast, go out and follow us on Twitter, at 3 and Pod. We're not doing Facebook and Instagram. That's just too much We'll, we'll get there eventually. You know, this it's, episode one, so we'll figure we'll start with Twitter and go from there, right? Yeah, it's just so much stuff to take care of. Like, I understand the value of social media. I get it. But it's just so much because, like, you know, I already have personal accounts I run. I own a couple of businesses in the city that I have to run those two. And so, like, honestly, the Twitter account's probably going to be mainly for just, like, updates uh, and posting the, posting the pods, posting the episodes, things like that. So... Maybe throwing out the schedule once we kind of figure out, you know, how often and uh, when we're going to be doing the pod. But uh, yeah, just uh, kind of update everybody. I don't, don't, I don't think we're going to be putting yeah. out tons of content uh, via Twitter. No, but. no, don't, don't look for us to be breaking any news. <laughs> uh, that is for damn sure. Uh, but yeah, go out, go out and follow us. Uh, you can follow me on my personal handle at King underscore producer. If you want to interact, and you want to talk basketball with me. Uh, go out and talk to me there. I don't really do anything other than Twitter. Joe? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at JRWalter4. And I don't think you're – you're not a big Twitter guy, are you? I'm not a big Twitter which guy. Is, which is like the weirdest thing – the weirdest thing ever to me. Like, so uh, I know you told me that once, and I just think that's odd like, for people not to be on Twitter. You know, I used to be um, very, very big into Twitter, but – I. Instagram about two years ago, it kind of uh, it kind of took the place of Twitter for me. I can still follow you know the right accounts and be able to get the same information that I get on Twitter, except that usually it's just a, a, a great photo for me to look at instead of you know having to read the 184 characters. That's pure laziness right there. I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I guess I get it. I don't really get it. Whatever. Everybody, you know <laughs> what? Two each their own. Shoot your shot, man. So if you so if you want to talk to Joe, if you want to hang out with Joe, go on Instagram. JR Walter Four. Which is the well. weirdest thing ever. But again, <laughs> dude, whatever. Let's roll let's move on. So let's talk about NBA news first. Let's talk about some of the things that have happened over the past month or so, some of the big things. Uh we're gonna start with uh, uh the NBA eliminated the or they eliminate NBA tried to make the um resting of players a little bit more difficult for players, a little easier on franchises. Uh, they eliminated four games in five night stretches. They also limited national TV games on second nights of back-to-back. We saw a lot of that last year, especially with Popovich, the resting players on uh, second nights of back-to-backs. And uh, the big thing about this was because of the only reason people cared was because it was on the back uh, or was on the national TV game when they wanted to see LeBron play or they wanted to see Steph play. So, um, well, let's. I mean, come on. Let, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, it's about it's about dollars. Uh, well, you know that these these different. You know that. They're ABC and uh, TNT. They pay a lot of money 
to have these primetime games. And when they're having them on a end of the back to the, uh, you know, on the uh, second end of a back to back, and they don't play LeBron, don't play Kyrie, wherever it is, I mean, all that's doing is uh, making the TV companies angry. No, I get it. No, I do get it. I, I understand it. Um, but and that is that is the biggest. That was the biggest thing was people or players not playing in national televised games, like you said, the the ABCs and the Disney's of the world um, and the TNTs of the world, the Turner. Uh, sports of the world really care if that player is playing on in prime time because eyeballs are dollars for them. Every person watching in every household is dollars for them. So I get it. I don't know if this is going to help. Do you think this will help eliminate that at all? Um, you know, I, I don't think it will. I mean, I think it'll definitely, you know, help for the TV markets and having some of the primetime players play all the time. But, you know, I definitely think that if Greg Popovich wants to rest Kawhi Leonard, that he's going to do it whenever he wants to do it. And it's not going to have anything to do with whether they're on a second night of a back-to-back or whether they're on national television. Whenever he wants Kawhi Leonard to take a break, he's going to take a break. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care. That's probably fair. And if and if we're sitting as Grizzlies, as we both are Grizzlies fans, if we think that Marcus Gasol should probably rest – against a back-to-back in the middle of January against a Brooklyn Nets of the world, then we should rest them. And I don't think the Grizzlies fans should get mad about that. Uh, nor do I think other fans, other fans, let me say, other fans don't in the area don't care, first of all, about Marcus All resting. No <laughs> one cares but us. But no one should be getting mad about this. So I, I don't know if this is going to help. I don't know if this is going to change anything at all, especially the four games of five nights. It's, it's great uh, because – Honestly, it's honest. It's tiring getting to that many, either going to that many games or watching that many games. So I can't imagine how the players feel. So I don't know if it's going to help. We'll see. I hope it does. I really enjoy um, whenever we're sitting in and watch primetime games, seeing all the players play. And, and but I do understand that side of it. That is a very long season. It is a very long season. Um, probably twenty games too much. Twenty games too much for sure. But this is this is just where we're at in life. So uh, let's move on. Um, Let's talk just just a minute. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the Cavs and Kyrie. Um, where does Kyrie go? Uh, LeBron James uh, reportedly wants to leave. I think we all knew he wanted to leave in 2018, but it's more concrete evidence. I think it was Woj that tweeted out. Uh, I can't remember if it was Woj, but uh, that, that LeBron James definitely wants to leave. Uh, wh- why are the Cavs such a dumpster fire, first of all? I mean, that's A number one is Dan Gilbert. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I wish that there was a better reason than just to go straight to ownership with this answer. But when it comes down to it, it's strictly ownership. When the owner of the team writes this open letter to LeBron James when he leaves to Miami, you know, LeBron has, I mean, I guess he's taken him back. You know, he's went back to Cleveland. He's won his championship. He's done what he said he was coming to do in Cleveland. And he's gone. He knows that's a dumpster fire of an organization and, I mean, I really don't blame him for trying to get out. I don't either. I don't either. I don't honestly. I wouldn't blame him if he said, if he said the same thing Kyrie said, I want out right now. This place is a shithole, and I want out of it. I, you, I, would not, I would not blame him at all. And I don't think that a lot of the fans, when he does leave, I don't think they will blame him. Let's talk about Kyrie for a second. What do you... Do we think um, the Cavs are going to move Kyrie before opening night? If so, where do we think the Cavs uh, might try to move him? I know we've said that, that the Suns have been a popular destination uh, because of Eric Bledsoe. I saw the Kristaps uh, Porzingis thing pop up a couple days ago from the Knicks. 
Um, do you think he's going to be on this thing? The uh, on op- Do you think he'll be on the roster opening night? If not, if not, where do you think he might go, if anywhere? I think that as of right now, I think that Kyrie will definitely be on the roster opening night. I don't think. You do you think you think they're just going to say, "We don't care if you don't want to play here, you're going to play here." You're I think under they contract. W- well, you're going to play here when he's come out openly and saying that he wants this trade. What I mean, what. His trade value that's that's just brought him into a that probably brought it down thirty to forty percent right there when you know he wants he know he wants to leave right so you know what does Cleveland want back for him I mean I know that if I'm trading Kyrie Irving that somebody's giving me uh you know a top first round draft pick and a player um and and right now I don't think that anybody's willing to go that far because they know that Cleveland has to get rid of him. Right. They they don't have a, they don't have a choice. He's kind of tied Cleveland's hands. I, I I think I agree with that. And I also don't think I don't think that I don't think that franchises have that much to give. Um, you don't really see a lot of players get a haul or a lot of superstars command a haul like we saw with um, the Chris Paul trade. And that is one of the very rare scenarios where you see a superstar get proper value in return. Like take for instance to Marcus Cousins. You cannot say they got, you know, the Kings got proper value in return because a superstar is difficult to get value for because he just demands so much. I mean, there's just so much that most franchises want for him because they know his value and most franchises don't have that to give. And so that's where the that's where the inherent problem is and that's where it starts with Kyrie and the Cavs and they they like you said, they have limited, or he has limited the Cavs of what they can do because people know that he wants out. People know, so they're just going to lob crap offers to him. So um, let's uh, let's uh, enough about general NBA news. Let's move on just a little bit. I would just we just wanted to talk about. We're always going to talk about general NBA news to start the show. Um, so if you're a Grizz fan, we we are going to cater most mostly to the Grizz fans. So uh, just you know, just know that more likely than not, you could probably skip the first 10 minutes of the podcast and get straight to the Grizzlies news and, uh, and talk more Grizzlies with us. So let's let's move on with an ex-Grizzly. Uh, first of all, I want to, I want to get your thoughts on Zebo and, and leaving. I know for me, from perspective, it's been a long time that now that Zebo is committed to another team, but um, I, I'm, I'm, I have no fault with what happened. Um, I commend the organization for, you know, for, um, for honoring him. Retiring that number, I know a lot of people naturally don't get it. A lot of everybody in Memphis gets it, and that's all that matters. But um, go get paid. Go get your oh, money. Yeah, go go get your money. Go get that paper, boo boo. But you know what you don't do? Go get two pounds of weed. <laughs> that's what you don't do. I mean, it's even legal in California now. It, and, I think but I think he had just he had too much you had, over the legal limit, right? Is um, that, yeah, I that's mean, the scenario. Two pounds is that's two pounds is a lot of butt. For anybody, that's a lot of weed. Yeah. Like if, if you've never seen marijuana before, Google that's it. That's a lot of it. You should Google it because that's, that's a lot. That's a lot, a lot of, of it. I know that. My thing with Zebo is, yeah, I mean, by all means, like I said, get get that paper boo boo. But on the other hand, what what do you think would happen if he got if he was still in Memphis and he was still a grizzly and he got caught with two pounds of weed? Do you think we'd he ever wouldn't have get caught? Exactly, it would have never happened. Exactly, that's a pro- that's the difference. We got 
We got you, Z Bucks. Yeah, like if we you understand could... you equate to winning. We want to win. Don't worry about it. You don't have to we don't need this. But it ain't it ain't like that in California. They don't care. No, no. Like that's you're just another just another fish, you know, in Absolutely. LA. And not even a big fish. You know, so in, in Memphis, you are the fish. You know, with, absolutely, if, you're you're it. Yeah, I mean, you're it. There, there wasn't. There's not a more recognizable person in the city of Memphis than Zach Randolph. Right, and 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 if you're going to do weed, I mean, this podcast does not condone drug use. But if you're going to get it, if you're going to go out and get it, send someone else. So do, do you not, re- do not physically. I mean, you make millions of dollars here, right? Like, just. Just send someone else. So the Anybody. next the next question is, I mean, you don't you know that it wasn't on his person. I bet it was in a car that's registered to him. You don't think it was the, even him? I mean, there was a whole bunch of people at this thing. It was like a big old block party. So I guarantee you that it was in a car registered. He, I mean, he didn't have uh, two pounds of weed under his arms or anything, <laughs> man. I think. <laughs> I think it was just in a car register. Well, the story, more of the story will come out as we, as we make our way there. More of the story before we move on. If you have enough money, I have someone else get your drugs for you. Yes, absolutely. We don't condone, we don't condone the use of drugs, but if you're gonna do it, be smart about it. All right, let's move on. Jamichael Green, Tony Allen, still out there, still unsigned. I did not think we would be talking about the schedules before we got to Jamaica, before Jamichael Green was signed, but here we are, and this is what we're doing. So let's do it. Jamichael Green, um, a lot of us thought that he would get around the $13, $14 million range if there was someone like uh, a Nets or someone that was crazy that would just wanted to, uh, you know, we always say it only takes one team for restricted free agents. And so uh, we didn't initially thought that. Um, some stuff came out with uh, his uh, his his agent, who is terrible, by the way, clearly. Um, and and now he's just he's just sitting there. There's been no news in, in months. Uh, nothing's happening with Jermichael Green. Um, I know this happened with Tristan Thompson before. Yeah, I think he, last he, year. I think he took it all the way into training. He did. It went to. I was I do was going to bring that up. Do you think that we get into? Do you think we're going to get into a Jermichael Green training camp situation? I hope not. Uh, I mean, I don't do. I think Jamichael Green is a top tier starting power forward in the NBA. No, no, no. no, no. He's let's let's get that. Let's make that very clear. Jamichael Green is is a fringe starter in the NBA as a power forward. Okay, so he's not a top caliber starter. We, We we both agree on that. That that's for sure. But that being said. He's still important to what the Grizzlies need to do. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Right now, um, depth-wise, I mean, what well, are we, we going to s- do with we, power we, forward? We, if... well, first of all, we sign every player we can. <laughs> we, we sign every player we can, and then we'll deal with it later. <laughs> now, so, <laughs> Jermichael Green is very important to what the Grizzlies want to do. And so, especially, like you said, especially now, if they don't sign him now, there isn't much else out there as a free agent and so you really even more so depend on Chandler Parsons, and we'll get to him later, to even play like a small ball four type of thing. So I'm not real sure what they do. What do you think that the Grizzlies, should they just offer it? What do you think they should offer him, first of all? If they haven't already, we don't know if they ever haven't. It doesn't sound like they have. It sounds like they're still waiting out to see what, everybody, what else happens. What do you think they should offer him? Um, I, I, I still think... 
I mean, it, it, this is kind of, I guess, why he hasn't been signed. Is what is that? What is that number? Um, I, it, do you, if you're J. Mike, are you saying, you know, I'm gonna take my one year and I'm gonna, you know, make this my free agent year and you know, play ball out and really bet on yourself, kind of like a Tyreek Evans is doing, or you know, or do does he want something long term? I think it's best for him to take something long term. I think the Grizzlies should go out and try to get him somewhere around seven million a year for three years, twenty one million total, something around that area. Because I think I think that he would I think that he would go get there because I think he understands now that his services aren't weren't as valued as much as he may he thought they were, and as much as some of us even at the end of last year thought that he he might be come uh, come uh, restricted free agency time. So. I think he would take that. But I think for Jermichael Green, taking a one-year deal for him is a bad idea. Um, I don't know how much better he's going to get because I think if, if they offer him that three-year deal, I think at that end of the third year, it might even be a mediocre contract. I don't think they're winning that contract at that point. If they are, it's probably a push. And so I think for him, if he were to take a one-year deal – it might get worse. Like next year, it might be worse. And because let's let's like he's never had a payday, right? He's he he's never he's what twenty seven, I think. He's never had a payday. So this is his undrafted like, Alabama right. roll tide. <laughs> Jeez, we're not gonna get into roll. <laughs> not doing that right now. But so this is this is his one payday to like kind of set himself up for what his should be like the rest of his life, right? Like if he manages money right, which most players don't, but hopefully he does. So like. I think if you go out and offer him, hey, three years, give him $21 million, I think he takes that. I hope he takes it for his sake. I think if he bets on himself, I think it's a bad idea. I, I think that if we could get him at seven mil, six, seven mil a year, I, I, I think that's all that I'd want. I, I, don't, I just don't see how we can offer him much more. I know that we need him right now because we have no depth at the power forward position. Um, so it's, you know, I think that that's, that's all we can offer the guy. And I think that he need. I think he should take it if, if, if that's what we were offering. But, you know, it's like we're saying, what's he, what's in his mind? Is he thinking bet on myself or is he thinking, let me take a, you know, a three-year deal and make some money? I don't know. I think it's a very fine line to walk because I think that uh, with the Grizzlies anyway, I think if you, you come in and you say, oh, I'm going to give him four or five million dollars a year and try to give him for three years and, and you really lowball him, you know, I think that goes a long way to, even if he does sign and you lowball him, I think that goes a long way to just, in his mind during the season, like, you know, th- these these guys don't care about me. All they care about is the bottom dollar. You know, no matter how much Coach David Fisdale says he's important to the team, he knows that's not the case because they didn't, you know, they didn't even try to offer me. So I, I think this is a very fine line, and it's a difference between $2 million, you know, I would or, you know, one, 1. 1.5, give him the 1.5, make him go for the extra, like, hey, this is, this is for you for being loyal, all that stuff. Take Kind of take care of your player kind of thing. So I think that, if it comes down to that, you know, I was doing, I would, you know, I would be more inherently. Let's go towards the top end of that scale, just just for the sake of player development and just peace of mind and all that stuff. And winning games, 
and winning games for sure. I mean, that obviously that's the <laughs> biggest thing. Um, uh, same along lines, uh, Jamaka Green, t- Tony Allen. Um, there's obviously not a whole lot of news here. We had seen some stuff from the Clippers a while back. I know that's uh, I've talked to people that's definitely dead. Um, we've seen some stuff from Minnesota Timberwolves. I think he would actually fit really well there. Um, but I don't think he's going to – obviously, everybody's general assumption is he's not going to be back in Memphis. But could he be back in Memphis? I don't – I mean, obviously, I don't that, – I think that – let me rephrase that. I think it depends on him taking a veteran's minimum deal, and I don't think Tony's going to do that just for the sake of his pride. I think he thinks he's worth more than that. I think – see, I think I'm on the other hand. I think that if we wanted to – that we could sign him for the bet minimum, but um, but I just do you, don't. But do you want to? I, if it was me, I would have signed. If Tony Allen would sign for the vet minimum, I would have signed him the first day of free agency for the vet minimum. But I'm am a huge grandfather, TA guy. Uh, I mean, there's I, I'm I'm in love with the guy. Always have been. So that's that's also. You know, putting my, you know, that's a little bit of bias on my part as well. Just, you know, seven straight years. That's, that's your that's your fan coming out. That, that, no, that, that's my fan. Wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that, I think that it's very obvious that they are moving on from Tony. I think they, it's very obvious they're moving they, on they, from they, Tony. They're moving on for Tony and Zebo in a very real way. So, um, so about that, I mean, do you think, um, I, I, a part of me thinks that, that Fizdale was ready to have those two guys gone. That he was ready to have a new locker room regime. Because, you know, it wasn't Mike and Mark that ran that locker room. It was Tony and Zach that ran that locker right. room. Yep. And I, part of me thinks that Fizz was just ready for that you know, piece of the locker room to be gone and to start fresh, start with what he wants to do, you know, build the program, you know, as they would say, you know, build this – this franchise into a winner, into his, into what he wants in his mind. And I don't really think those two guys fit what he was looking to do. And now I think that, you know, I think that Fizz, that Fizz played a pretty big part in this, to be completely honest with you. What do you think? I don't necessarily disagree with it. Um, I know that Fizz and obviously Zach had their differences, you know, with the coming off the bench uh, as well as Tony um, but you know, Mark and Mark and Fizz had just as many uh, disagreements. Uh, it was definitely behind the scenes, but they definitely happened uh, when Mark gets on Moody. Um, but Fizz is a guy from all from by all accounts from everything we've seen, everything we've heard him say uh, since he's been here. In Memphis is that he does not he does not bullshit with you. Like he is, a, it seems to be a straight shooter. Uh, you know, I said the take that for that all thing. Uh, we're gonna talk more about Fizz later in the show because some stuff came out today with him, but. You know, he seems like a genuine guy that does not take no for an answer um, and tells you exactly what he means. And so, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know that that's the case. Uh, we obviously no one knows, but um, it's definitely I wouldn't disagree with it at all, for sure. Uh, let's move on. Um, ben McLemore signing in the offseason. Um, and then he obviously does what Grizzlies do. <sighs> and he broke his foot because that's like a grizzly thing. It's like a rite of passage, right? So if you become a grizzly, you have to break something or injure your knee before you can play here. And so this is just he's just doing what everybody is, is supposed to do. Um, 
but he he broke he broke his pinky toe. Excuse me, he fractured his pinky toe. Uh, I think in his left foot. Usually a twelve week rehab should be back early in November. Silver lining is that he obviously won't be back. Uh, won't be gone missing that much of the season only for the first few weeks. Uh, the season moves up this year, starts a little earlier. Uh, but he he should return. But he but he does miss training camp. Misses all that time that you would normally, especially on a new team, new team, get to know other players' habits, um, and rhythms, and how the coaching staff likes to run things, all of that stuff. So, does what does this do for the Grizzlies, if if anything? Does it do anything at all? Do you care? I think the one thing that I think it really does is so when we're looking at the Grizzlies roster right now, we're gonna like have all twenty nine players, all thirty three of them. Yeah, we're gonna have. To cut or move somebody. So I think that beforehand that there was, you know, a slight chance that maybe Troy Daniels is with that package because he's, I mean, when you look at assets that we have to trade, what do we have? Jarrell Martin. You know, we have um, Andrew Harrison. We have all these horrible draft picks that we've made in the last five years. So we have nobody to move. So I think that that Troy Daniels is an actual NBA player. Like, the guy can shoot the daylights out of the ball. He's an actual NBA player. And that is the you're on one. The, you're on the Troy Daniels train. I'm not on the Troy Daniels train, but I, I think he can play I'm, in the league. I'm on the Troy Daniels train. I'm I'm the damn conductor of it. Okay, okay. I don't care. Okay, if they move toward Daniels, I'd be upset. I mean, I think he, I think he has value. I don't let me let me rephrase this. I don't think Fizz likes Troy Daniels, but I think he brings value to the team in something they haven't had in a very long time. And if you could put him in a certain lineup that he does well in, that can compensate for his deficiencies, which is defense and guarding the perimeter, especially, I think he can help you on a nightly basis. I think he can too. And that's why I think that he is our only asset. So trade. You talking about for a trade? For a trade, he is our only asset. So, but if we were to get rid of Troy Daniels now, Ben McLemore is our shooter who's injured for the first part through November. So, So what does this? What what do we? What does this do for? I, I I assume this is my assumption that we would have that Wayne Selden would Wayne Selden would step in and see see what happens. With Wayne Selden, he had a great summer league. I, I was there. I got to watch him. It was awesome. Um, he had a great summer league. But what does that translate to actual NBA player? We don't know yet. And so this is a, I think this is a good situation for Wayne Selden to see what he's got. He's got, you know, three weeks of the season until McLemore would be coming back. You could put him out there. And if it doesn't work, you could immediately go to any of the other 38 players you have. Right. It doesn't matter. So, like, I think this is a situation where Wayne Selden – could prove his value and make even someone else even more expendable, like a Troy Daniels, more expendable. If you have someone like Wayne that can shoot the ball, you know, he, he's not a flat-out shooter like Troy is, but he, he can shoot the ball relatively well, but he also does a lot of things that Troy doesn't do, which is defense. You know, Athleticism, rebounding. Exactly. He does a lot, of things that, a lot of things that Troy doesn't do. And so I think this is a Wayne Selden tryout, if you will, to see – if he's an actual NBA player, and from all accounts, I think that Fizz thinks that he is a legitimate NBA player and can play in the league. I think Fizz does too. I know uh, just everything I hear about 
um, him from, you know, out of Glenn Cyprian's mouth, who is the G League coach, of course, you know, is, I mean, he loves the guy and thinks that he is a legitimate NBA player. And if Sip says it, then I'm all in with Sip. I love Sip. He's a he's a very intelligent guy, very cool guy. Um, so I'm with you. If Sip says it, I'm I would likely tend to agree. Along the same lines of the Troy Daniels, let's talk a little bit about our roster situation. We've mentioned it as a joke uh, several times already that we have roughly uh, 43 players um, and we don't know who to cut. So let's just talk about first of all uh, who we think is actually going to be on the roster, who is uh, uh, the most movable of the of the roster, and then the most important. Our 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 team has the only second round pick, our only pick in this draft at all that has not been signed, and not even Rab. And reportedly, he's not here. Uh, so, what do the Grizzlies need to do from here to shore up the roster and 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 move on to tra- move on to a training camp with an actual fifteen man roster? Well, they're going to have to do a lot because, as you said, we have joked about there's twenty three players on this roster. Legitimately. Does, it, that, does that count? This, doesn't count Ivan Rab though, does it? Um, the, this the, I'm looking at ESPN.com roster, and it's right now it's counting Tony Allen and Ivan Rob. Okay, so we can't. We're not going to count. Let's not count Tony Allen because he's obviously not a guy that's going to be in a long term Grizzly situation. I mean, he could be, but it would, it would be surprise the hell out of everybody. I think. So what is the uh, 23, 22? Uh, looks like we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So we can count to 18. And we can. I'm, and that is that is including J. Mike. Okay, so that includes J. Mike. So 18 players. So they've got to get they've got to cut uh, three players. Uh, or if Ivan Rab goes to that other two-way contract, which is I think one of the most likely scenarios for him. Uh, that would put them to 17 players would have to either move or wave to uh, to get to 15 for opening night. The two two-way contracts, Dylan Brooks. Did you count Dylan Brooks? I counted Dylan okay. Brooks. Dylan Brooks does not count. Uh, he's already on a – excuse me, Dylan Brooks should count Kobe Simmons. He should not be on there because he's on a two-way. Those do not count. So if Ivan Rabb moves there, we'll have to move those players. So who is not going to be on the roster opening night? Um. As you disagreed with me earlier this week, I um, I want to say that, and I know it's difficult, but Wade Baldwin. Uh, that was a pretty pitiful summer league performance he put on. Uh, he looked like he had no idea how to run a team. Uh, he was made the captain of the team, and I watched. I know you were there. I watched every single game. He sure didn't look like a captain to me. Well, I yeah we we did I, I I I the problem with Wade Baldwin is that I don't think that they're likely to give up on a player they just drafted um, and kind of dump him yet especially wave him now now if he's in a trade that that's that's a more likely scenario and I I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibility I'm just saying as far as just waving him and dumping yeah, him yeah I don't I don't think that we're gonna wave him or dump him I just think that he if. If we have a piece that somebody wants, that probably is it. I don't know why you'd want him. For besides that, he's six foot four and a freak athlete. I will say this: he did not have a he did not have a bad of a summer league as everybody tends to claim. Relative standards, yes, he was not good. That's 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 very true. But he wasn't awful. 
uh, if that makes sense. I mean, like, he wasn't he wasn't great, but he was just average, and he wasn't awful. Um, it was much better than last year. But yes, I agree with you. He's got some things that he has to seriously improve on to be a legitimate NBA player. Let's just be real. If Andrew Harrison, I love Andrew Harrison, but if he's the one in front of you and you can't beat out him for your roster spot, they are problems. They are serious problems. Um, for me, I think probably least likely is going to be Jarrell Martin. Um, he he is the one out of all the summer league is the guy that you thought, okay, he's been on the team for several years. He's been on the tutelage of Zebo and Mark, Mark Gasol. He's uh, seen these guys, even if he's hurt. Probably the best athlete on the team. Right, he's seen these guys play. He understands, like, what it is to be an NBA player, all these things. So, like, out of all the players that are there in, in summer league, one of the older guys, too, um, he he should be the one dominating the summer league, and he was non-existent. I, I mean, mean, he he that him that he, last game, he came out. I think he was four he of third, four. Yeah, he had he had one he had good game, twelve right. points in the first quarter of that game, and I was thinking, this is it. He's played four games. He's ready. Here we go. This is the Jarrell Martin I, I I've wanted to see for three years. The Jarrell now. Martin that you want to see three years does not exist. It does, it's nowhere to be found. And then after and it's, four it's, for four, literally zero points and zero rebounds the rest of the game. So, like, for me, I think Jarrell Martin will be the most likely. They've seen what he can do. He's been injured, but they see they, he's been he's had enough time on the roster to know that okay, this is probably not going to work out. Um, if they wave if they wave somebody and just straight dump somebody, I think the most likely candidate for that is Jarrell Martin. As far as trade assets, I think you're looking at most likely Brandon Wright, uh, depending on what happens with Jermichael. With with um, and what's Mike, up with the, that, by the way? If Jermichael isn't back, you definitely have to have him step in as the as the fourth pick. What Brandon Wright? I mean, he 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 definitely doesn't want to sit on the bench. That I don't as, blame him. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't blame him either. So I mean, if as far as like just if if Jermichael is back, like we all expect him to be, I think Brandon Wright still sees the writing on the wall that there are players in front of him and he's not going to play. He's not going to play in front of those players. He's not going to play in front of Marcus Mar- Mar- He's not going to play in front of Jamaica Green. That just isn't going to happen. He's not going to play in front of Chandler Parsons. Those only things are, are just, 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 just not going to happen. Yeah. And so he sees the writing on the wall and says, hey, you know what? I just want to be here because if I'm not going to, like you said, I want to play. I want to sit on the bench. I feel like I'm good enough to be contributing to an NBA team. And he is. And so I think he's probably the most likely candidate to be moved. Probably packaged with some asset of a young guy uh, that people think hey, can either develop or something like that. So roster situation, it obviously has to clear things up. We, you know, all sixty-one guys cannot play, and so <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. The, the latest and greatest news. Actually, let's get to current news. Current news. Um, so it happened a couple nights ago, Tayshawn, or maybe two nights ago. Was this yesterday? I don't know. Tayshawn Prince named special assistant to the GM of the Grizzlies, and every office joke known to man has come out in the woodwork on Twitter. That is exactly what I thought when they named him special assistant to the GM for the Grizzlies. Um, I did. I, I saw him with Chris Wallace in in summer league at one of the games. Him and Chris Wallace were sitting on the front row. I noticed that. I think I tweeted it, and like I didn't. I I, I it didn't strike me as odd then, and now I'm like, oh. Well, that makes sense. You know, like I didn't, I didn't think about that when I was in Vegas because I just didn't think anything out out of the normally, which I should because like he's not on a roster. I should have thought, well, this is weird. I mean, this is something I just didn't. It just kind of kind of glossed over it. 
And so former player hanging out with GXG. Right, just, well, just kind of glossed over it. And so now I this makes more sense. What what do you think does this does this do anything for the Grizzlies? Does this I mean player development? What what does this mean? If anything, for us, I can team. I can tell you that I was sitting on my couch last night, and this notification came across my phone that this has happened, and I believe all I did was giggle, and then turn my phone immediately back off. Um, I, well, did you giggle because of the joke, or did you just giggle because you thought it was funny? I just giggled because. Wait, that's right. You don't watch The Office. Which I, is even weirder than you not being on Twitter. I do not watch The Office. We're gonna You're have, correct. We're going to have to. Or Game of Thrones. Good Lord. We are going to have to. Uh, it's going to be a long season. I watch season. sports, man. I don't uh, care about TV I do shows. I do, too. But I make time for The Office because <laughs> it's hilarious. Anyway, so you didn't giggle because of the I got a good giggle. I, I just got the notification from Score Mobile that Tayshawn had become the assistant uh, to the GM for the Grizzlies, and I just got a good giggle out of it. I I don't really know why. I just think it's I don't know what. I really just don't even know what this role means. What What do you think it is? I think it's exactly what it, it sounds like. It's special assistant to the no. It it is. Um, I think it's more of a player development role. He's gonna, you know, I think it's 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 one of those things where a player wants to be in a front office role eventually. He wants to probably be a GM, and so this is one of the ways to kind of get there uh, to learn. If I don't know what you're learning from Chris Wallace, but if you can learn anything, Chris Wallace, uh, you know, we're building relationships. That's a lot about what GM, <laughs> being a GM is, is, is knowing people, uh, building relationships. And so um, we I have think, learned think, over the course of our last 10 years here that a GM does not have anything to do with drafting good players. That's very true. They are not. They're not one and the same at all. No, they don't. They don't relate. Uh, well, at least not in our world, anyway. And so, uh, but for Tayshawn Prince, I, I think that it's it's exactly that. It's a learning opportunity for him to be in a situation where um, he can build relations, build relationships for a future career as a GM. I don't think it means anything for day to day. I don't think it means anything for trade offers. I don't think it means anything as far as influencing what Chris Wallace does or does not do. Uh, but I think it's good to have him because I, generally players seem to like him. Um, he's always been a very cool dude uh, from a, from afar, uh, as much great. as I can tell. He's a great player. He was a very good player. I mean, so by all accounts, it's someone that people respect, someone that people can have a relationship with. So I think it's it's good he's for the players. He's been on winning Cole. I mean, he's been on the most successful Grizzlies team of all That's time. That's very true. Um, he's, also, he's won rings. He's been on, you right. know, he's, so he, he knows he what a winning – franchise looks like exactly and so he brings a culture i think i think that's exactly there's nothing else there to it i think that's that's it there's nothing there's nothing deeper than other than that's exactly what it is really what i thought about this morning is is uh, i kind of wish that tubby smith would have hired him (laughs) for the tigers for the tigers he played that that's a laughing joke tayshawn played for for tubby that's true he did so so. i mean maybe he'll help the tiger recruiting trail while he's at it you know the only that's a whole nother podcast this is not not a tigers podcast we're not gonna get into it now but the only thing that helped the only thing that probably helped them recruiting is penny hardaway let's just we're gonna leave it at that ain't there's not a whole lot that can help toby smith on the recruiting trail um last thing let's um before we get out of this literally just happened i do want to talk about it 
I don't want to talk about it that much. Um, I don't feel like we're probably the, the best people to know um, to be experts on this. But uh, so Coach David Fisdale just had this huge uh, kind of rant, if you will, uh, on what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. It's it's um, there's a transcript on commercialpill.com. I'm I'm not sure what I know. There's a video of it somewhere. I don't know where it's living. Uh, definitely on there's a transcript on uh, of it on commercialpill.com. But basically, it was a an entire rant on um, uh, bringing down statues in the city of Memphis. Uh, let me see if I can pull some uh, just some quotes. Uh, uh, anyway, he was very outspoken uh, of all the civil rights. I don't know if he feels like he has to because he's he's in Memphis or he's the coach of Memphis. I I don't think that's the case. I think he just is generally. I mean, if you watch the video, which I did see, he is genuinely upset. I mean, he is like the like take that for data ran upset. Like he was genuinely upset. Same thing here. Like he's genuinely upset, like about this cause. And so, uh, one of the quotes from him is is about the statues in the city of Memphis. Is quote take them down. I don't know what the hesitation is. I don't know what we're waiting on. Whatever, get those things down immediately. We got to do it. End quote. So, I mean. I know this is not a race politics. Like I said, again, we're probably not the best. We're not the experts. But what do you think this means for the Grizzlies? What do you think it means for the city of Memphis? Uh, I know this is this is probably something that will offend some people, which it shouldn't, but it, it will offend some people in this city. As a coach, speaking out on things like this, typically you don't, we don't ever see coaches speak out like this. They kind of just – they kind of stay in their lane um, for fear, like I said, of isolating people a fear of of, of, of uh, angering their fan base. Uh, but uh, but why, like we said earlier, by all accounts, Coach David Fisdell is the guy that takes no BS and does not care and says exactly what he thinks. Uh, we saw that earlier this year with the take that for data thing. Obviously, this is a definitely different, a whole different scenario and a much real, much more real conversation. But, I mean, what does it mean for the Grizzlies here? Uh, you know, he's been um, pretty outspoken before. If you'll remember last season, um, he came out and was talking about uh, how, you know, being growing up in California when he did about having to, you know, just being out with friends and, you know, being pulled over by the cops and them all right. taken out and thrown on that. the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, this is something that that I think that he's very passionate about. And as a Grizzlies fan, you know, I'm not really worried about him speaking out on these issues. It's not something I I think that... No, I don't think anybody should be worried about that. Yeah, you know, there's definitely, of course, those people that are probably like, he shouldn't be looking at things in Charlottesville. He should be watching film, you know. But I don't think this is, you know, here's here's a direct quote from him. I can't sit and watch this. Not in a city where Dr. King was assassinated 50 years ago. Where we have, or where we have, even today in our city statue, a known Klansman right here in the beautiful city of Memphis, with all these incredible, wonderful people. So you know, it just—it's something to me that if it's something that he's very passionate about and he wants to speak up on, then do it. I don't really care. Let's 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 tip it off and play basketball. I think, for for me, uh, as as a person who has grown up um, and seen inherently racist people because of that's just how you live. I grew up in a place where that was a very real thing. Um, we, it was a, a place where it, it was very 
very easy for people to be racist and not not think about it, like not blink an eye. You know, it was it was not you know, so for me. I think it's a very I, I would I'm proud to think that our we have a coach that cares enough about this city and about other people's rights and other you know to to speak out and not care not give a damn about what everybody else thinks because uh, you already see a lot of people well, I'm not going to a game if my coaches think you know if my coaches think you know he should be like I said he should be watching film I'm not going any more games and that's obviously that's bullshit you're not gonna not go to games like just first of all stop but like I think it's I think it's awesome I think it's I think we should all be super proud of what. Fisdale setting up for, especially in this city, where we have things like these statues that don't, you know, that are, are inherently racist, um, that should not be up, uh, and we should bring them down. So I think that I think it's awesome. I, you know, I, I said I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time about it. I don't know if we're the experts on race or we should be preaching to people, but from my point of view, from our point of view, I think, you know, I agree with you. This is this is a good thing for Grizzlies. Um, it's a good thing for the coach. It's a good thing for the city. Uh, standing up for things that are obviously it's it's not easy to to you know stand up against like it's not hard to say you know what Nazis are bad like that is like a shouldn't it, or, you know like, I know we we joke and we probably we're laughing but like for some people it is hard to say like oh yeah Nazis are bad but like for us normal people it's it's not hard yeah Nazis are bad this is things that shouldn't happen so uh, kudos to to Fizdale. I think it's awesome uh, that he stood up for the city. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, going forward, we'll, we'll get those things removed. Um, so wrapping up, I just want to talk about what we're going to do next. So uh, we're definitely going to have another couple of episodes over the next week. Um, they will be going through the schedule. We're going to get much more to the schedule than we did today. Uh, we're going to be doing a pick-by-pick schedule. Uh, you'll have both of our predictions for their first 41 games and the last 41 games in two different episodes. So stay tuned for that. And then we will also uh, be getting into, you know, how many back-to-backs we have and how many home games we have, um, what we kind of think about when the Cavs will play. Like we talked about earlier, um, is it better to play a hard team on a back-to-back? You know you might lose anyway or play someone like the Nets. So I, I think that that's something we'll get into. We'll, we already I already told you, man. I think we should, we should just play the Cavs. Uh, or the I'm, Warriors, right? Uh, I'm right there with you, and then that's that's the night you rest, Marcus Hall. Um, exactly. But and then the the next thing that you know we were kind of talking about earlier today is um... we don't know. <laughs> we talked, we've, we've we've literally been together since eight a.m. or nine a.m. and so we've talked about a lot of things. So we have talked about a lot of things, mostly basketball. We have talked and about still talking about basketball at. 7.45. Oh, oh, this is what I remember now. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Go. So, we're talking about how um, LeBron didn't make his way to Memphis last year oh, for the yeah, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, And how, you know, the second end of the night of back-to-backs, you know, the players aren't traveling, yada, yada, yada. So, everybody was very disappointed that LeBron James didn't make the trip last year. I am the complete opposite way. If every team doesn't want to play their best player against us, I'm all down. I like victories. I like get the w. tallies in the W column, right. and I like to be a higher seed because of it. And that's fine with me. Get them how you can. Get them how you can. Go get the Ws how you can. We'll talk to you guys next week. Glad you enjoy- Hope you enjoyed the podcast with this first episode. This has been a 3D podcast. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one.